0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music, and more.
1: Everybody here is on their feet. And Maxwell hits it. Can it make it? It does make it! Glenn Maxwell! Unbelievable! The most remarkable thing you'll probably ever see in cricket. That was Glenn Maxwell delivering his biggest show yet. Fresh from a golf cart-related concussion, The all-rounder overcame full body cramps to rain down sixes on Afghanistan and guarantee Australia a place in the World Cup semi-finals. This is a bloke who broke his leg so badly a year ago, some wondered if he'd retire. Has there ever been a better one-day innings? Sachin Tendulkar doesn't think so. Have we ever seen anything like it? No, not really. Can we get enough of it? No, we can't. So, today, we're buying our ticket... And we're going to relive the big show's biggest show. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. (laughs) Alex Malcolm from ESPN Crick Info is here to talk about the most bonkers one-day innings we've ever seen. This was like watching the Matrix Cricket Edition. Maxwell took the blue pill and was just bending the game with his mind. Alex, can you just help us understand why what just happened is so special?
0: uh it's a it's a good question patrick I just the context of how he pulled the pulled the game off from where they were 91 for seven or seven for 91 as we would say down here to be chasing 292 the game was basically gone Uh, no teams win from those scenarios uh, and no one has ever made 200 individually in a a run chase in a men's odi in history so for him to just, as you quite eloquently put it, bend the game with his mind essentially and his incredible skill is just astonishing.
1: High. Close to the rope. Over again. Two in a row from Maxi.
0: His ability to hit the ball to all parts without really moving his feet by reading bowlers, understanding where they're going to target. He's got an incredible cricket IQ, actually, Glenn Maxwell. It's one of the things that I think cricket fans, even in this country, don't fully appreciate about him as a player. His ability to read situations and games and understand what's going to happen before it happens is quite rare. He obviously is much maligned at times and and can lose his head in moments. And I, I think he tends to lose it when he's actually got too much freedom and too much scope to, to use all of his skill sets. So Maxwell's great innings in the past and again it was proven last night have actually come when, when Australia's needed the most and so he was able to take his time, work his way into the innings and then once the sort of situation of the game and his own body started to take shape and he had to make decisions based on what he could and couldn't do and he got great support obviously from Pat Cummins then he was able to to take the game into Australia's favour. It was just incredible batting and if anyone hasn't seen it overnight, you have to go and see seek the highlights out and have a look at it a couple of times because some of the some of the shot making is out of this world. Jeep, wow. Maxwell clears it out over <laughs> long on for six. Another one goes 30 rows back.
1: He's not just hitting sixes. He's hitting monsters into the Sachin Tendulkar stand. Just on those highlights, I mean, watching it on replay, it kind of... I felt like it almost desensitised me because I'm just watching ball after ball disappear. And and what I was interested to sort of dig into is just the volume of runs and the physical mechanics of what he was being asked to do. Can you sort of delve into that for us? It is
0: one of those situations, actually, for, for professional players at his level. Sometimes... It does get easier in those situations when the game is so far gone at at 7 for 91 chasing 292 that you're actually completely freed up from any pressure.
2: It actually probably made the whole job a little bit more simple. I wasn't sort of overthinking the situation. I just knew if I... Got a ball that I could hit I'll try and hit it occasionally when the game is hopelessly
0: gone that players might play an innings out of the box I can think of a game actually just recently in South Africa where australia was chasing over 400 and alex carey made a spectacular 99 he's kind of had nothing to lose and he and he just freed himself up completely swung from the hip and and everything came off but the key part of that for Maxwell is the game actually started to swing in australia's favor and, and once you've got going suddenly the monumental nature of the task and the situation starts to starts to become real and you can actually win the game and you've got something to lose the closer you get and it was interesting hearing him talk in the aftermath
2: he was pretty calm i think when it got to about maybe 60 or 70 i thought two two more maybe half decent overs around 15 um it's right in the balance here
0: Um, but at that stage he was completely cramping full body cramps and and couldn't really move it was a strange
2: one because i was cramping in one of my toes which was sort of going up the front of my shin and then as i sort of set off to try and get down the other end i cramped in my that calf as well so i was cramping both sides of my lower leg and as i went oh no i'm cramping i cramped in my left hamstring at the same time so i was like I've got both legs and then I had a back spasm when I hit the ground.
0: <laughs> but he still had his mind very much on the process of how he was going to get it. I knew
2: Rashid had about 18 balls left, I think, that it was going to happen in the last 13 overs or something like that, so as long as we sort of kept him out of game, I felt like I could I could hit boundaries off the others.
0: He had to pick which bowlers to target and he took down Majeeb, obviously, uh, as one of those. It felt like that was the right matchup for him, same as uh, Muhammad Nabi.
2: Well, he's really taking a hand
0: here to Nabi. A bit of innovation, the first ball, and then a bit of straight rooney For him to, to basically do it off his own back is quite incredible.
1: I think everyone is inherently drawn to his recent golf cart concussion incident and how that predated this innings. But even more astonishing for me is that a year ago, he broke his leg so badly. Doctors wondered if he might lose his foot entirely, let alone play cricket again. Do you think we're appreciating the scope of this comeback
0: oh, i don't I don't think people. Quite appreciate what he's been through. I had the pleasure of speaking to him just by chance a couple of times. Uh, Once when he was first starting to come back, trying to come back via shoe cricket with Victoria. And at that stage, he hadn't done a lot of running. He was still having trouble feeling comfortable walking. He was just sort of working his way back. That was February, and he broke his leg in November. And then even just recently, I saw him at the BBL draft just after he'd come back from uh south africa and he had sawn or something he literally flew to south africa for that t20 series which mitch marsh captained uh, ran half a lap and pulled up saw he's got a lot of hardware in there a lot of a lot of screws and nuts and bolts and and i think some pins he might even still have a a rod of some description in that in that leg yeah i don't think people have a a great appreciation of of the challenges that Glenn has had to get back to where he's got to but his ability to find a way he's been bowling beautifully during this tournament he's fielding really well he doesn't look inhibited all that much at all and for him to to get back to this level even before the golf guard incident the The fastest World Cup century ever scored.
1: It's not just the fastest. It is by nine balls. It is off 40 balls, eight fours, eight sixes. It has been a masterclass.
0: Played a really good hand against Sri Lanka with the bat. Also played a very important hand with the bat against New Zealand when Australia had sort of stumbled after that spectacular start. So he's been alongside Adam Zampa, Australia's best player in this tournament. And what he's doing is is incredible. And he's been getting Australia out of jams.
1: There's a kind of coming of age aspect to it as well. I mean, there was a period in his career where he was a cricketing internet meme and maybe we're kind of still there, you know, the nickname of the big show, the argument that (laughs) reverse sweeps were as legitimate as cover drives and how that triggered sort of old school Australian cricketers. Is it not quite funny that that innovation, that sort of daring, has ultimately saved Australia here?
0: It is and it isn't. He is a special type of player and... I think it speaks a lot to international coaching and the the challenges of it is that some unicorns for want of a better term like Glenn Maxwell can often be the hardest guys to coach they can be the hardest guys to manage because you want them to be consistent performers week in week out and play to a certain model but for them to get the best out of themselves they kind of need to be left alone and let uh, given enough rope really to explore what they can do and they can deliver you performances like Glenn Maxwell did last night they can be infuriating but at the end of the day you've got to support them and give them the opportunity to play like that and and I know there are guys within that Australian program, both coaches and players and guys that have played with him in the past that have been incredibly frustrated by him. You watch some of the hitting at the end of his innings last night. He's just standing still, keeping his head and his eyes incredibly still and he's able to hit any ball for six in conventional ways over cover, long off, long on mid-wicket. Oh my goodness, gracious me! He got into possession so quickly. And yet he might try first ball to switch his feet up and switch his hands up and reverse one over over backward point. And that seems lower percentage, but in, in Maxwell's mind, it's it's an option. It's a, a skill that he has in the kit bag and he wants to show it off and he wants to manipulate the field that way. That's how he thinks and that's how his mind works. So you kind of have to let that go and Australia has had their challenges and just the way that Australian cricket is built and what it's built on and some of the themes and old school thinking that tends to, to run through it. It's Glenn has bucked that and and it's been a challenge for him and for, for Australian coaching staffs in the past to to work together to, to get the best out of him. But when you've got a player of his quality and his skill, you, you just have to support them and, and take the good with the bad. And that's that's just Glenn Maxwell. But the one thing I will say about Maxwell is he does save his best when, for when Australia need it the most. So that was the second-highest run chase Australia's had in ODI cricket in the last four years. Both times, Maxwell's got hundreds. So he got 100 in Southampton against England when they chased 305. And then last night, he gets 200 out of 290. Australia hasn't chased any more than that in any ODI in those four years. So he does turn up in the big moments when the team needs him. Majeeb, 287 for seven. Bowls to oh. Maxwell, who hits him. Oh! Over square leg for six. It is a double century for Glenn Maxwell in one-day international cricket. Australia win by three wickets in the most extraordinary game of one-day international cricket you could ever see.
1: The win guarantees Australia will play World Cup semi-finals. And it feels to me, and I'm interested in your view on this, do you think that something truly special like this innings can ignite a group and also simultaneously strike fear into the opposition across the comp?
0: Absolutely. It's a really good observation. It'll give them a belief that they can win from anywhere. And it'll also give them a belief that they haven't played their best cricket yet. They haven't played the perfect game. They've had flaws in, in all of their wins. Uh, they were struggling against Sri Lanka for a large period when they found a way with the ball. And then even with the chase, they they weren't perfect in that chase. Pakistan, they should have made a much bigger score than they did. And again, they were a little bit loose with the ball early on. New Zealand, they could have easily lost that game. The Netherlands, they, they butchered a great start and it took Maxwell to convert. There's been plenty of moments in this campaign where they haven't played their best cricket and all 11 haven't fired yet. And I they still probably haven't had their best 11 on the park because Steve Smith missed last night with Vertigo as well. So... Yeah, there'll be a lot of belief in the camp that they can basically win from anywhere and they've got match winners all the way down the lineup. I mean, Travis Head and, and David Warner have both missed out in the last two games, having having been in tremendous form before that. Mitch Marsh hasn't really fired a shot since the Pakistan century. Um, the middle order hasn't really got up and running with the exception of Maxwell. Um, and the quicks have been good without being great. And Mitchell Stark's probably the one that they'd love to get firing. He hasn't ma- made many inroads in the power play and that's been Australia's weak point. And again, they... They let an opener get 100 last night. It was a very good one from Ibrahim, but they haven't been able to make incisions in opposing top orders with the exception of India, and that was they still lost that game. So, yeah, they'll get a lot of belief out of it. And then, I mean, India are the biggest threat. Whether they meet them in the final or not, who knows? But they're set for South Africa in a semi-final. South Africa's won their last four games against Australia, but opponents of Australia have been thinking, we've got to get through Head and Warner up top, and then we can really expose Australia. that They've seen with Maxwell's form, that that's not going to get it done. Maxwell tries
1: to reverse it. Oh, it's unbelievable. He's hit it for six. Can
0: you believe that shot? That'll give him a lot of belief, and it will, as you point out, have opponents wary, and they'll, they'll certainly be fearful of what Maxwell can do down the order on top of... The power up top, and then, you know, if they're bat first, it's been a bat first tournament post a score, and then they've got a really experienced attack to defend that, they're going to be hard to beat.
1: It is also beautifully poised. Alex Malcolm, thanks so much for pulling it all apart for us and putting it all into context. No worries, Patrick headlines. Staying with cricket and it took 625 days and 15 joyless fixtures but New South Wales has won a game in the Sheffield Shield. The Blues beat Western Australia by 10 wickets. That's the same side that won the last two competitions. The victory was led by a maiden 100 from Ollie Davies and a five wicket haul from Chris Tremaine. Storm Hunter might have one of the best names in sport. She also has an enormous ticker. The 29-year-old flew from Cancun where she was taking part in the WTA finals to Seville to represent Australia in the doubles of the Billie Jean King Cup. What's most impressive about it is that she had so little time for error. From stepping off the plane to stepping on the court, Hunter had just 90 minutes. She and Kim Burrell won their doubles match to keep the Australians' chances of reaching the competition semis alive. They must must now beat Kazakhstan to have any chance of progressing. And there are reports Saudi Arabia is talking with the ATP about a new Masters event that would eat into the Australian summer of tennis. They've already agreed to host the next-gen finals for the next five years. This would come on top of that. Watch this space. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Sports for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.